conversations happen at happy hour. Welcome to ours. Welcome aboard. This is the PT Pinecast. Here's your host, physical therapist, Jimmy McKay. Always get amped about that. Uh, what's that? Voice actress doing my intro. Uh, happy Tuesday to you. I'm doing great. Thank you for asking. Uh, jumping on to do a, a quick half pint episode. This thing kind of caught fire, which was nice. Uh, you do like to see when you share an idea uh, anywhere, really, it goes somewhere. And uh, we shared. Can we bring up that graphic? Let's bring up the graphic of the tweet. I'm talking to myself. There's no producer here. Who the hell do you think I'm talking to? Let's bring up that graphic. I tweeted this out earlier. And I, just, I don't know. I don't even know where the hell it came from. It did the origin story of... Uh, the podcast and I just kind of did it and the rule was I was like I'm going to give the origin of something and I've been um, forcing myself to do this exercise which is forced brevity right a lot of people will poo-poo uh, the TikTok generation or oh our, our attention spans are, are lower than they ever were I don't know if that's true I'm not a scientist I'm a podcaster um, I don't know how much our our um, attention spans have changed like our brains I don't think our brains have changed that much are we just competing with people and content that are doing it better? Are they getting there faster? Again, not a scientist, just a podcaster. But I've been practicing sort of what I preach, which is get to the point faster, forced brevity. That's what things like TikTok and Reels and Stories do, in my opinion, from a communication standpoint. So I said, I'm going to tell the origin story of the podcast. And if I tried to do that years ago, I would have went on some long-winded, multiple tweet. I would have never even used Twitter. It's too short form. I need to go longer. But with forced brevity, this exercise that I'm trying to do, I was like, you know what? I'm going to give the origin story of the podcast, but I'm going to do it a tweet. Let's let's put your money where your mouth is. And I came up with this tweet that I'm putting on screen. If you're watching the video, or if you're um, if you are uh, listening to the podcast, where a lot of you are, I'll, I'll go through it. And this was the tweet. This fit in one tweet, and I wrote origin story. Left ra- uh, radio DJ for 14 years. Left radio. Arrow to PT school. Went to PT conference, didn't understand presentation, went to happy hour, had two beers, saw presenter, said hi, asked him a few questions, fully understood presentation, thought, what if I did that and shared it, started podcast. That was my origin story in one tweet. And then I you know, retweeted that or I quote, quote tweeted that is a more accurate way of saying it. I quote tweeted that and I said, tell your origin story in one tweet with the idea that it would be an exercise in this sort of sharing information and forced brevity. And the cool part was uh, people started to do that, which was nice. It's always good to see when your ideas spread. So this idea started to spread. So I would love to hear what your origin story is, dot, 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 in one tweet. Uh, share where, where where you started and where you are. You kind of do any timeline you wanted. I, mine, mine sort of stopped when I started the podcast. Could I have picked a different timeline? I could have, but that's what I picked. So I'd love to see what your origin story is in one tweet. The other thing was I realized that I've been doing this podcast for seven years. It's gotten, you know, people have listened to it. I'm still confused how that happens, but people listen to it. And a lot of people will be like, I didn't know you were a radio DJ. And I was like, I feel like I talk about that all the time. But then I actually don't. I think I, I talk about it a lot less and less because every day that uh, I wake up in the morning, I am further and further away from being a radio DJ. I was I stopped being a radio DJ uh, in when I was uh, in. Tw- I don't we have to check the numbers on this. 2013, 2013. 2014, 2013, 2014. So like 10 years ago. Wow, I haven't been a radio DJ 
in a decade. I've been whatever the hell this is. So anyway, I figured I would just go through like the quick origin story. Again, forced brevity. It's not going to be real, real long-winded um, because enough people after that origin story in one tweet were like, oh, dude, I had no idea. That makes sense. Like you got the sound effecty things, right? Love yeah. the PT Pinecast? Yes. yes. Support I used the to show make... by telling a friend or by leaving a review on iTunes or Google Play. I used to make those in radio. So yeah, all right. So I did the morning announcements in sixth grade. Sixth grade. So what are you in sixth grade? Like 11? 11 12 11 and all the hair on my arm stood up and and i was like 11 so i had four hairs on my arm and i just i remember i just loved it i was like this is cool i say stuff in this little microphony thing and lots of people hear it nobody thought this was cool except for me my friends did not think this was cool uh but i thought it was cool and i did that from sixth grade through high school and then i went to school for communications and i was like i don't know what this is but I like it. Microphones or cameras or something. I like being in front of people. Uh, not in theater, though, because they made you sing. Not a great voice. So I like talking, but not singing. Uh, in college, did college radio. Loved it. Uh, loved the, the speed of radio. Because there was a school newspaper. Didn't write for them. There was a school TV station. Didn't really dig that. Uh, liked radio. For this, I think this is a great quote anyway and this i guess could be said for no it can't be said for live streaming this was the quote for radio which made me kind of feel like this was kind of cool radio i don't know why i pronounce it like that radio there we go radio is the only medium live radio is the only medium that is simultaneously created and destroyed and i was like that's kind of cool this moment in live radio not this because this is a live stream i'm changing it to a podcast this moment will echo on for eternity unfortunately but live radio is is a moment, and it was fun. And with the newspaper, you had to research an article for you know however long, and then it, you know, the paper only came out once a week, and lots of work, and it, it got heavily edited through a bunch of people. And I was like, I don't dig that. And college TV, same thing, lots of work for like not a whole lot of whatever. And radio was live, and it was interactive, and it was fast, and it, you could play it loud in your headphones, and there was music, and we could be fun and, and do funny stuff. And I was like, I'm in. So I did that while I was in uh, school for uh, for communications and radio, did a bunch of internships, big, 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 giant radio stations in New York City and super, super, super small radio stations near my hometown in upstate New York. And I loved both of them. You learn vastly different things at uh, radio stations of different sizes because you get to do more at the big, giant radio stations. I got to carry stuff and move boxes and stuff like that. But you get to see what you're trying to do on a really large scale. So I worked for a radio station and I don't think this radio station exists anymore. Big radio station in New York city called 95.5 WPLJ was a iconic radio station for like, I don't know, four decades in New York city. Uh, like met Mr. Miyagi from karate kid. Now I'm dating myself on my very first day rode in an elevator with Mr. Miyagi on my first day on my second day, Olivia Newton, John. So again, I'm dating myself. Um, but that was cool. Got to hand out stickers and whatnot. Switched to a very, very small radio station my second summer as an intern, close to my hometown. And there I got to do essentially everything. I was all I like, first day, you're driving the van and then you're wearing the lion costume. I was Wigney the lion, just standing on the street corner, waving, handing out bumper stickers, sweating my face off in July on the side of the road. And then, like, I think a month into my to that internship at the, at the small radio station, I was hosting the morning show. So, like, vastly different experiences at different levels but how cool the learning experiences were and then my third internship the third year 
in um, the third summer in college, I I worked for WXRK, which was a radio station in New York City. And at the time in 2000, again, dating myself, 2000, I'm like 19 or 20. And Howard Stern's the morning show guy there. So that was a pretty cool internship to do. That was, you know, a large stage at a station that in the area anyway, geographically, people had heard of it. Um, and of course, people knew who Howard Stern was because he had an e-television show and he was Howard Stern. So he was all over the place. So that was my college career. Graduated, went and got a job at my hometown radio station on the radio, playing rock music loud. And I, you know, I did everything. I did sound effecty things. This is the PT Pinecast. Did those things, made commercials, promo. I would do anything. Promotions, you name it, I did everything. And I got to be on the radio. And a few years into that, I got, you know, promoted and I get to do, you know, music director stuff. And then I moved to a different radio station in Northeast Pennsylvania, uh, 570, uh, Scranton, Wilkesbury, And I got to uh, run my own radio station. And man, that was the top of the mountain for me. I got to roll into work around 1145 in the afternoon wearing a Guns N' Roses t-shirt and some cargo shorts. And I was like, and then I got to play, you know, Guns N' Roses on the radio and just talk to people, give away beer and concert tickets. And that was it. That was like, hey, man, I've arrived. I'm like 24 years old and I'm running a 50,000 watt radio station that makes millions of dollars a year. I, I didn't make millions of dollars a year, but the radio station made millions of dollars a year. And I, you know, a bunch of people that worked with me and that was it. I was going to ride off into the sunset and just be a radio DJ forever. And then the thing that I'm holding right now, or the thing you're probably listening to this podcast on, which is a smartphone, plus that internet thing that was around, but it wasn't the internet as it is now. And it never will be because it keeps getting, I don't know, bigger, wider, deeper. I was sitting there driving home from the radio station uh, one night. I was the afternoon guy. So I was driving home around 730. And I remember I had like one of the first iPhones and I had rigged it to, to the like an aux cord. And I'm listening to a live stream from a radio station in California on my phone crappy internet buffering the whole remember buffering the whole thing on my drive home and i remember just being like i am listening to something from la in scranton and it sucks right now the quality sucks but i'm like i bet you the quality isn't gonna suck a year from now five years from now a decade from now and i i, I literally on that ride home i remember i remember gripping the, the wheel and just thinking, I'm 24 years old. I just spent my life from 11 to 24 getting here. And now I just, I feel like Chicken Little. I'm like, oh my God, the world just changed. Like, what the hell just happened? This is coming. I go back into the work the next day and my my GM was cool. He had like a cool open door policy. And I remember like laying it out to him and being like, hey, um, here's what I just came up with as Tony Maritano. What's up, Tony? I'm just on a rant here. Um, I remember going to my, my, um, my, my GM and being like, Hey, so I can listen, you can listen to radio stations on phones now. And that sounds so stupid right now in 2023, but this was not a normal concept in 20, I don't know, 11 or something like that. And he's like, Jimmy, listen, sit down, buddy. Um, and he sort of patted me on the head and he's treating me sort of like chicken little. Hey buddy. Hey, Hey chicken little. Like, dude, Sky's not falling, okay? Radio came around. There was already newspaper. Radio came in. And then when TV came, Jimmy, you weren't alive when TV came in. I remember being like, okay. 
And he's like, radio's going to be fine. And I remember just looking at him like, I don't think you grasp what this phone thing. I don't, it's not a phone. I don't, it's, I don't think you're, you're, you're seeing this. This is a communication device. And then the line that I said to him still resonates. I said, I, I don't think geography or time is going to matter anymore. And he was like, I don't, uh, you, you're 24 years old. Or what, what are you talking about? And I remember being like, I don't, this isn't good. And I started my exit plan. I was literally that day. I was like, I'm going to keep working here because, hey, I mean, cargo shorts and Guns N' Roses t-shirt. Uh, I'm going to keep working here, but I am getting out. So I am. I almost immediately applied for an MBA program. And I went to the University of Scranton. They have a really good MBA program. And I did a year there. So MBA is typically three years. So I do not want to brag, but I'm going to brag a little bit. I have one third of an MBA because I did the year and I was like, I hate this. I hate it. So I did that. And I was like, I still got to get out, but I don't this MBA thing. I don't like any of this. Um, and then I was training for my first Ironman triathlon and uh, would meet up with a bunch of cyclists on like Wednesday nights to go for like a crazy long ride. And we'd always hang out at this pizza place and drink beer and eat pizza. Got a carbo load after you, you know, bike for four hours. And that would be every week. And one of the guys that sort of ran it was like a PT. And I remember watching people walk up to him post-ride. You're all sweaty. You know, we're drinking beers. And they'd walk over and their hand be on their back or their hip or their knee or their shoulder, whatever. And even though I was like out of earshot of the conversation that they would always have really, but I'd watch as the person, the patient would walk up and this guy would sort of just talk with them, ask them questions, you know, yuck it up a little bit, right? have a good time. And it was funny because I'd watch the person with the knee or the back or the shoulder um, walk away from the interaction, literally standing differently, like taller, like again, didn't even lay hand, didn't do anything, was just asking questions or whatever, offering maybe some suggestions, you know, maybe, maybe we'll move your pedal like this, or how's your, how high is your stem? And I remember being like, dude, something happened there. Like what? And I remember being like, dude, what's the deal? And he was like, oh, I'm a PT. And I'm like, that's cool. And I was like, I thought that was just like for old people and surgeries. He's like, no, it's like a whole, it's like a whole thing. Like there's a whole, there's a whole wide thing. And I was like in that moment and I'm, if you've hung out with me, I'm like a, yeah, let's just do it kind of guy. I'm like, I want to be a PT then still holding the same beer that I started. I was like, I want to be a PT then. He's like, no, it's like, it's you, you, you're the radio guy, man. Like it's, you'd have to go to school for like forever. Cause you have no classes that would try. You know, I had no prerequisites checked off at that point. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah. You're probably right. I'm just being impulsive. And I go away and I come back seven days later and we're in the middle of the bike right now. We're like, we're sweating and we're grinding. And I remember riding next to him like, Hey man, I think like, what would I, if, you know, hypothetically, I did want to do that PT thing. What, like, where would I start? And he was like, dude, no, I don't. He was fight clubbing me. If you know that scene from Fight Club where you're like, I want to be in the fight club. And they're like, no, you're not whatever. Whatever you are, you're not good enough. You're not tall enough. You're not strong enough. You're not what He was sort of like, I, you're the radio guy. You just hang out and play rock music and give away concert tickets and beer. And then another week went by and I was like, dude, I, I got to be honest with you, man. I don't know. I've been thinking about it for a while now and i think i don't know i just want to let me just try it out like what's step one and he was like fine you asked three times he goes go to the community college down the street because you're gonna quit anyway so might as well just lose as little money as you can on a class go to the community college down the street take a and p1 and then come back to me he's like i know the professor i'll ask for this person i got it uh the classes were just starting so like two weeks later 
I already had class for a week now. So I had done one week in A&P one. I, I know quite literally nothing. And he, he, we're on the middle of the ride. He's like, hey, man, how's, uh, how's anatomy going? I think he fully assumed I wouldn't have actually gone to sign up. But I did sign up. Took, I'm in the class. And I look over at him while we're biking. And I was like, dude, I learned all the things that have to happen just to get a muscle to contract. And I was like wiggling my little finger for the podcast letters, listeners. And it's insane. And this has to happen. And this has to happen. And that and then. And that's just one. And then it happens every time. And he sort of looked back and he was like, oh, okay, no, no. Yeah, I, I, you're in the right place. Like, if, you, if that's cool to you, you're going to love the crap that comes next. Like, don't buckle up, baby. Uh, so, that, so, I, so I did that. So I did all my prerequisites while I was still a radio DJ. Again, it was my, it was my exit plan. That was my ripcord. I was like, I don't know what's going on with this shit, but this one feels like it's sinking. So I was just going to get the hell out. And uh, I think I had to do nine prereqs. I think 10 total is what I needed, but I think, I think one of my psych, my intro to psych was like just barely counted. So I had to do nine. So chemistry, two chemistry, two physics, two bio, two anatomy, a stats class. Used a lot of YouTube for that one. But anyway, I applied to PT school and I was like, well, it's been fun. Did my last radio show, made a thing out of it. I think I made pint glasses to give away. Ironic, I just noticed that. I gave away pint glasses on my last radio show. Um, and I was done. I hung up the headphones and went to PT school at Marymount University. For some reason, they admitted me and uh, went to PT school, was done with this whole microphone thing. And so then how the hell did the podcast start? Did I start making, did I create a podcast when everybody and their mom was starting to create a podcast like two, three years ago? No, I did it seven years ago when nobody knew what the hell a podcast was, when you still needed to explain to people what a podcast was. And I did it here's why right well we just we were talking about the forced brevity from the screenshot from the tweet that i shared and i said left radio went to pt school i went to a physical therapy conference marymount required that you go to one state or national conference in the three years just like just go just go you gotta go it's a just do it and i went to one and we went to one in north carolina and i remember sitting in a room full of a thousand people you know the room was just full and the, it was a woman and a man on stage and they were talking about, it was military, it was a federal PT presentation about military. And they were talking about, hey, like in a battalion of soldiers, I don't know how many people that is, a lot. It's, a, it's enough where there's a bell curve of fitness. Like you think of a soldier and you're like super fit. And they're like, that's not the case. Not every soldier is super fit. It's a bell curve. Some are crazy, crazy, crazy super fit. Some are okay in the middle of the bell curve. Most people are, most of them are, you know, they're fit. And then there's people on the other end of the bell curve. And they were talking about like how they, how they approach this. And I remember I was like, this is a cool idea. Their hook had me, but then the rest of the presentation, I remember just sitting there in the audience as a second year student, just being like, I don't understand what they're saying. So the first thing that hit me was I'm not smart enough. Right. So I'm not smart. I'm, I'm only a second year student. So maybe that's why maybe later on, I'll just be smarter. and I'll be able to understand or maybe I'm not focusing enough. Maybe I'm not paying attention because, of course, I have a little bit of ADD, ADD or ADHD. I'm not sure which one, but I have one of them. Maybe I'm not focusing enough. Maybe I missed it. You know, maybe I'm looking around. And I just chalked up to that. I'm not good enough where I wasn't paying enough attention. Fast forward two to three hours at the networking hour, air quotes, 
also known as just happy hour once the conference is over we're like in the you know the the bar at the ramada inn where the conference was or whatever and i spot the presenter and i was like still feeling that like damn I, I, that's cool idea like i wonder how do you do that and they were using all these words on stage super long words and they were very presentery like i'm not sure why people start talking like that but they do very presentery it's like fake radio voice and i was like screw it like i paid a hundred dollars or something to come to this thing as a student, right, with no income, I went. I came to this thing. I'm like, I'm gonna learn something, and this might surprise you. This next part, I was too. I was two beers deep. I know. Insert the shock and awe sound effect. Oh my gosh, I can't believe that. Um, but I marched up to the the guy. I spotted the guy, and I walked up to him. And I was like, Hey, man, I'm Jimmy. I'm a student. Uh, good to meet you. But uh, I didn't understand your like presentation. I didn't really understand everything. And he was like, Yeah, no problem, man. Um, so here's here's like the idea. Here's what the problem was, and we we're like, and he, right into it. Notice, I am. He's talking in a normal voice. He is not on stage as a presenter anymore. He's like a normal human being. Apparently, this guy was a normal human being on stage, though. Man, that top button buttoned all the way to the top, and his voice was very regimented. And we use words like regimented and other words that are longer with more syllables. I can't think of any longer words right now. But on stage, he was a presenter giving a presentation and in that bar at happy hour he was a person having a conversation right so i i learned i i, I figured out his and i was able to understand his entire presentation in like 12 minutes the whole thing he's like i have charts and graphs but like yeah honestly i'll just explain it to you and i remember thinking like oh there's that's cool like that was fun and i had I, not not on purpose i had slipped into like you know interviewer mode that's my sort of default just because of repetition, right? And what had what was actually going on too, at the same time as we're having this convo, this back and forth convo, I'm cutting him off. You know how conversations, I'm cutting him off. Wait, 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 what do you mean? Stop, go back. Yeah. My classmates who had driven down with me were around and some other students were like, we were hanging out with, they're sort of like doing this. They're like listening. They're like, yeah, oh, that's what that means. Turns out a lot of other people in that room had no idea what the hell he was talking about. It wasn't just me, but no one was going to raise their hand in front of a room full of a thousand people and be like, hang on, I'm a moron. Can you explain that again? So no one did. So no one, you know, I'm sure some of the people in the room got it, but I think there was a big miss, right? So on the ride back to school, I remember noticing how there was a little crowd kind of formed around us while I was having this convo. And podcasting was kind of a thing. And I don't know, I'm in the back seat where I do some of my best thinking. Also a little hungover, but in the back seat where I do some of my best thinking. And I was like, hey, I got a crazy idea here to my classmates. I remember the three of them. You know who you are. And I pitched this idea. It wasn't even an entire idea. It was like three quarters of an idea. I called an idea part. I pitched this idea part. I was like, hang on. Remember that thing I did yesterday where I was like, hey, let me learn something in like 15 minutes where you were on stage for an hour and I couldn't learn anything. And they were like, yeah, that was cool. I'm like, what if I did that more and recorded it and did some sound effecty things? This is the PT Pinecast. And then gave it away for free. And they were like, that is a terrible idea. They're like, don't, you don't have any time. You are a student. There is no time for you to do that. I also don't think anybody would listen to it. And I was like, you are probably right. I am just, maybe I'm still a little bit drunk. I don't know. It seemed like a good idea. 
couple weeks later, the idea was still there, and I pitched it again to one of my professors, and she was like, I don't know what a podcast is, but you sound really excited. So I don't, what it, how do you start that? I'm like, I don't know, and I Googled it, and I started it. And we released it in September of 2015 as a second-year student, and that was seven years ago, almost coming up on eight years ago. And the first month we released it, we got 10,000 downloads. I remember being like, is 10,000 a lot? It feels like a lot of... I mean, even 10,000 pennies is a lot. I was like very, I was like very confused and excited. I had no strategy, but we had a good response. And since then, you know, the show's got a couple, you know, four or five million downloads. And it's, it's almost my full-time career is doing this sort of thing, not just for myself, but for other organizations. So that's been fun. And so the show is very much modeled after that first interaction in the uh, conference happy hour with a beer. And the logo down the bottom right-hand corner is, you see, it's uh, Pete the Pint with the eyes, my squinty eyes, with beer. And if you notice real close, a little bit of the foam is coming off of the pint glass, and it's coming down the forehead. Uh, My buddy from elementary school designed that logo, because I don't know how to design logos. And he's like, yeah, no, no, I I made the foam, your widow's peak. I have a widow's peak. So when my hair is very short, he's like, yeah, I just, I put a little bit of you, not just the eyes, in in the logo. So that's Pete the Pint, but apparently... I didn't realize it until I'd been using the logo for like a year that it was like that. So what the hell do I know? Um, so that is the origin story of the podcast. And so we just kept kind of kept going. And the goal was uh, have fun, learn stuff. That's what I realized in my life. Set the bar really low and you will get over it every single time. Although I think the have fun, learn stuff is just uh, binary. And it's also subjectively binary. I just, I don't even know if that's a real term. I just made that up, but it's, I want to have fun. So whatever Jimmy thinks is fun and what, and whatever Jimmy, whatever Jimmy learns or whatever Jimmy wants to learn. And we've had fun doing it and we've been doing it for seven years. And that is my origin story from the one tweet. That is the half pint episode that I've been talking about for the last, wow, 25 minutes. That just flew by. So any hooser, uh, I would love to hear your origin story in one tweet. Again, we started this conversation off by like, this was a cool like exercise I did this morning at 11.28 a.m. And since then, it's got a pretty decent amount of views. Um, I would love to hear what yours is. So like go on Twitter, find us at PT Pinecast, find that thread and drop, or just do your own and tag us in it, whatever is easier. Um, And I want to hear your origin story in one tweet. It's a good, I thought, a good communication exercise that was an example of like kind of sharing a story in a timeline format, but the forced brevity of the amount of characters in a, in a, in a particular tweet. So anyway, uh, that's my story and I'm sticking to it because it's actually the story and I would love to hear yours. Uh, other ideas for half pine episodes. I can kind of wax poetic about a bunch of different ideas, mostly around communications. I have been known to do a half pine episode on um, funny stories that I've had in radio I think I should break one of those uh, out. I actually uh, was telling a buddy about uh, my one of my Ozzy Osbourne stories. Oh, remember Ozzy? He's still alive. Yeah, he's still alive. Uh, so we'll tell the Ozzy Osbourne story. Remind me, though. Tweet at me. Be like, dude, tell the Ozzy Osbourne story. Because as you can tell, I'm a little scattered. I don't take notes and I have ADHD. So anyway, that is my PT Pinecast origin story from the PT Pinecast origin story tweet that we shared this morning. Um, if you like this kind of episode, DM me. 
because I do most things uh, for the approval of others. I have a woo personality. And uh, if I know that you like this, I'll probably do more of it. And if I don't hear from you, I'll probably think you hated it. And then I will be self-conscious and I won't do anything. Uh, I hope you have a great Tuesday. That's when we're recording this and we'll release it on the podcast coming up on Thursday. They say the best conversations happen at happy hour. Um, thanks for coming to ours. Yeah.